The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink! The TNT Shop has it all at tntradio.live. This is the Steve Malzberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yes, indeed, folks. Welcome aboard. It is five minutes past the hour of 9 p.m. on Friday. Friday evening here on the East Coast of the United States. You know what day and time it is wherever you are partaking of the Steve Malzberg Show right here on TNT. We have a lot to get to, and it's going to focus around uh, Joe Biden's remarks last night, which we talked about, but we're going to let you hear some of them uh, this evening. Uh, And then, of course, the Tucker Carlson interview. So we got a lot to get to. And it's Friday. That means no guests, just me and you, you and me. And so why don't we uh, get to it now with Joe Biden? Of course, yesterday, the special counsel report, uh, the investigation, the conclusion of the investigation by uh, Robert Hur into Joe Biden's handling of uh, documents uh, that he had in his possession, in his garage and at other facilities uh, run by uh, Joe Biden. Uh, that was a, I, I don't know, was that a couple of years, that investigation or whatever? So we finally got the results. No charges are going to be brought, basically because the jury, they said, would view him as a sympathetic old man who's lost his memory. Well, that didn't sit well with Joe, especially since the um, report also indicated from the special prosecutor that Joe Biden couldn't remember when he was vice president couldn't remember when his son died. And this was, you know, in October of last year. So Biden at the press conference yesterday, I want to first address one of the things he said, because after spending the entire opening statement and then taking a few questions, defending his memory and saying he his memory's fine, he then makes a, a mistake, uh, a big mistake, uh, talking about, Gaza and Hamas, he actually walked, was walking almost out the door. He came back to address the question, and uh, here's cut 111. As you know, initially, the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. I talked to Bibi to open the gate on the Israeli side. I've been pushing really hard, really hard to get humanitarian assistance into Gaza. So originally, the president of Mexico, Sisi, didn't want to open the gate to Gaza. Well, first of all, uh, Mexico has nothing to do with Gaza. And the only Sisi president I know of is the president of Egypt which of course would make sense, which of course is what he was talking about. But of course he said, Mexico. And as one of his defenders said today, who hasn't (laughs) confused Mexico and Egypt? Right, of course, of course. This guy, it's it's not funny anymore. It's it's just terribly sad. Let's uh, let's bring you one of the uh, follow-up questions. Uh, from uh, Peter Ducey. Uh, now, this is uh, before that mistake. And Peter Ducey was asking Joe Biden, 
about the report and what the report said about, you know, his memory, that he was an old man who didn't have a memory. Here's cut uh, 112. Biden, something the special counsel said in his report is that one of the reasons you were not charged is because, in his description, you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning and I'm an elderly man and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. It's How totally bad out. is your memory and can you continue as president? My memory is so bad I let you speak. That's you, uh, that's you that's my memory has gotten worse, Mr. No, President. My memory is not my memory is fine. My memory take a look at what I've done since I've become president. None of you thought I could pass any of the things I got passed. How'd that happen? You know, I guess I just forgot what was going on. First of all, please, the only thing he got passed was this infrastructure bill, which is meaningless. Um, I mean, what other great legislation did he get passed? And getting a bill passed has nothing to do with your cognitive ability and your ability to remember, you know. I mean, he asked, he actually said, uh, was I still vice president in in 2009? Well, 2009 is when he became vice president. I mean, it's just, what it is, it's screaming for the 25th Amendment to get this guy the hell out of office. They wanted the network after network, talk show after talk show from the loony left, wanted the 25th Amendment when Donald Trump was president because he held on to a ramp when he walked down a slippery ramp at West Point and he was drinking water and he couldn't raise apparently his arm with the glass in it. So he used his other hand on his other on the elbow with the glass and pushed it up to his face. Oh, 25th Amendment, something's wrong with him, blah, blah, blah. But this guy, this guy doesn't know when his son died, doesn't know when he was vice president, doesn't know Mexico from Egypt, doesn't know who the president of France is or the chancellor of Germany is, all recently. And oh, but he's always so, I've talked to him. He's so great in conversations. Yeah, okay, great. Did he sniff you too? Oh, I'm sorry. You probably aren't a 13-year-old girl. Um, Here is cut number, still from the press conference that he held yesterday, 113. I know there's some attention paid to some language in the report about my recollection of events. There's even reference that I don't remember when my son died. How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, wasn't any of their damn business. Let me tell you something. Some of you have commented, I wear since the day he died, every single day, the rosary he got from Our Lady of... Every Memorial Day, we hold a service remembering him, attending by friends and family and the people who loved him. I don't need anyone. I don't need anyone to remind me when he passed away or passed away. Simple truth is, I sat for a five-hour interview over two days of events, going back 40 years. At the same time, I was managing an international crisis. Okay, blah, 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 blah. Um, hey, you could mourn. God bless his son who died of brain cancer. 
How many times has Joe Biden said my son died in Iraq? That's relevant to this as well, is it not? And every Memorial Day, I mean, okay, he he did serve. He did serve in, in Iraq. But he didn't die in the line of duty. Memorial Day is when we honor those who died in the in the line of duty. Or as Barack Obama said when he was president on Memorial Day, I see some of our fallen heroes sitting here today. Huh? Please, 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 please. He said that. He saw some of our fallen heroes sitting here today. Barack Obama, president, might have been 2010, 9, I don't know. I don't remember the, the year. I'm like Joe Biden. But if I were vice president, I'd, t- I'd be able to tell you what year I was vice president. So they asked him when his son died. I felt like it was none of his damn business. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So let's, uh, let, let's move on. And let's get to some of the reaction um, in the aftermath of that disaster last night. They also screamed at a reporter. Just a disaster. So let's go to, um, this is Jeffrey uh, Tubin. Jeffrey Tubin, who got caught masturbating on a, 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 a Zoom call um, while he was still working at CNN. It was a, with a, a magazine, I think New Yorker or New York Magazine. That was the Zoom call. He also wrote for them. And uh, he got caught. <laughs> got caught. Who the hell does that? And Tubin went bye-bye from CNN. Now he's a guest on there occasionally. I don't, I don't know if they've rehired him or not. I don't think so. So here he is weighing in on, uh, on, on that, that disaster of a press conference. Here is cut one, uh, ba ba 14. Mexico? Mexico? Where did that come from? I mean, that's the only thing anyone's going to remember from this. I, you know, he was exonerated here. And, and I think it's an easy call that he was exonerated. And I think legally, he's never had a problem with this because the issue of criminal intent was quite clearly absent in the Biden case and certainly according to the accusations in the um, in, in the Jack Smith indictment is very much present in the in the Trump case. I think they are very different. And the report even spelled this out. But Mexico, I mean, politically, how do you explain that? <laughs> Good for Tubin. Good for you. Now zip her up. <laughs> Good for Jeffrey Tubin. He won't be back on CNN anytime soon, I'm sure, uh, after that little rant. Okay, so here on the same panel on CNN last night is a woman named Kate, uh, Kate Bedingfield. She was communications director for Joe Biden for for a while, uh, as when he was, you know, as since he's been president. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, she had a different take on it. Here's cut 115. On this point about Mexico, I mean, he misspoke on the name of the country in the context of a larger answer about what he's doing to try to get humanitarian assistance into Gaza. So is it a perfect answer? Is it great to misspeak? No, it's never great to misspeak. I, I promise everybody on this panel right now has misspoken and said the wrong name or the wrong uh, you know, the wrong date in a conversation. But, you know, he's he's explaining uh, in great detail the work that he's doing to try to ease that crisis. And so I don't think that we should 
uh, lose sight of the fact that he's explaining the work that he's doing as president uh, and get so hung up on on one word. Is it is it perfect? I'm sure. Does he wish he had said Egypt rather than Mexico? I'm sure he does. But again, I think, you know, misstating one word, uh, I don't think we should overcrank on that. And of course, um, the, the full context of that one word, as I mentioned, is that all within a week, he said that he, you know, recently met with as president, uh, the dead president of France, the deceased uh, chance, uh, German chancellor, um, now you got this, uh, Mexico. He didn't remember the other day what uh, what Hamas was. He couldn't recall the name Hamas. Somebody had to say Hamas. He said, "Oh yeah." I mean, I mean, wow, wow. Twenty fifth Amendment. They should start chanting that at the Super Bowl tomorrow. By the way, Biden will not be doing the pre Super Bowl sit down interview with CBS just as Biden did not do the pre-sit-down Super Bowl interview last year with Fox. Could you imagine him sitting there now and answering questions? <laughs> oh, gosh. He's, got, he's a very busy man. He has no time for that. All the other presidents did it, but he, he has no time. He's working for America. Um, Corinne Jean-Pierre, yesterday, yesterday, I believe this was yesterday with her reaction uh, to uh, recent Biden gaffes. I don't think this was her reaction to the presser because that was late at night. So here is uh, cut 116. Many people, uh, elected officials, many people, um, you know, uh, they tend they can they can mis misspeak sometimes. Right. And look, I, let me give you a couple of examples. Uh, you know, on Sunday, Speaker Johnson said Iran instead of Israel. This happens. Uh, Joe, uh, Joe is not here. There are many times I call Joe from USA Today, Michael. I'm sure he doesn't appreciate that. Um, he doesn't. I've apologized to him many times. Now I call him JoJo uh, because the president calls him JoJo. Uh, but and also Sean Hannity himself has said uh, Jason Chavitz when he met Matt Gates. I mean, it happens. It really happens. Rick Scott even confuses saving, say, uh, saving Medicare money with cutting Medicaid, Medicare, pardon me. Uh, and so this happens. I mean, you've got to be kidding me. Going around and picking out a mistake here, or a mistake there from this one or that one compared to the president of the United States, supposedly with the nuclear code, supposedly in charge of the free world, in charge of this nation, in charge of making decisions, doesn't know, thinks he's seeing dead people, doesn't know who he is, where his son died. How, I mean, the list goes on and on and on, please. Oh, Sean Hannity said to Matt Gates when he meant Jason Chavitz. Oh, he said, I said, yeah, that's just the same as Biden. You're right. <laughs> um. Wow. I mean, so here, here's here, here's um, more from her. One seventeen. It is. It happens to all of us, uh, and it is common. But I do want to not. I do want to make sure we don't forget what the overall arching kind of theme. What he is trying to say about about our leadership on the global stage. Okay. Uh, all those people you mentioned, yourself included, are a lot younger than the president. And obviously, as he's heading into the election season. One of the things that people are talking about in polls is a concern about his age. Uh, 
what do you say then to Americans who have that concern and they see three times in just a couple days the president getting the name of a leader wrong and referencing somebody who is deceased? So look, again, as you just stated in your question to me, I, I just laid out um, other, other leaders in their community or elected officials who have done the same. Uh, so it is not, uh, uh, not uncommon. This is insulting as it is dangerous. You understand what's going on here? This self-proclaimed historic figure is is trying to, and this is trying to, you know, just, oh, everybody does it. Yeah, everybody does it. It's just, it's, it's, the, 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 there's no analogy there. People make mistakes. President of the United States isn't supposed to, and not five times in, in, in five days, referring to meeting with dead people, now it's revealed he didn't know when he was freaking vice president. Didn't know when his son died. Didn't know when he was elected to vice president. I mean, you know, on and on and on. And Anne was described as an old man, sincere old man with no memory or a faltering memory, whatever. At that press conference, he also denied that he purposely, you know, hid documents. But the report said he did. He said at the presser he did not. Shouldn't the networks have cut him off for lying? <laughs> they would have cut Donald Trump off. They never would have had Trump on live because he, he lies. Okay, let's, let's move on. Um, this is the um, offensive. They're on the offense today. They had been days over almost. And uh, this is a typical. This is a, hey, it's a Kamala Harris not talking about abortion. What do you know? Or Venn diagrams, which she loves so much. Or yellow school buses, which she just loves. Um, here she is talking about uh, Robert Hur, the special counsel, and how inappropriate and outrageous what he did is here's cut 120 what i saw that report last night i believe is as a former prosecutor um the comments that were made by that prosecutor gratuitous inaccurate and inappropriate october 7th israel experienced a horrific attack and I will tell you we got the calls the president and myself in the hours after that occurred it was an intense moment for the commander-in-chief of the United States of America and I was in almost every meeting with the president in the hours and days that followed countless hours with the Secretary of Defense, the Secretary of State, the heads of our intelligence community. Wow. First of all, they all used, most of them, several, several administration officials today use the same three words. Don't, don't be impressed by her use because for her, it's, it's impressive. Don't be you, uh, impressed by the use of uh, her use of the words gratuitous, 
um, inaccurate and inappropriate, but gratuitous especially. They all said, every one of the talk shows, Scarborough, all of them, gratuitous, gratuitous, gratuitous. That was the talking point. So they told her to say this. That wasn't off the top of her head. Off the top of her head would have been her, you know, talking to second graders and smiling and laughing and, you know, whatever. Okay, here's uh, another one from uh, the vice president, cut 121. And the president was in front of and on top of it all, asking questions and requiring that America's military and intelligence community and diplomatic community would figure out and know how many people were dead. How many are Americans? How many hostages? Is the situation stable? He was in front of it all, coordinating and directing leaders who are in charge of America's national security, not to mention our allies around the globe. For days, and up until now, months. So the way that the president's demeanor in that report was characterized could not be more wrong on the facts and clearly politically motivated, gratuitous. And so I will say that when it comes to the role and responsibility of a prosecutor in a situation like that, we should expect that there would be a higher level of integrity than what we saw. I mean, I, I didn't even realize she said gratuitous again. She likes the word. She learned a word. She doesn't know what it means, but she learned a word. It was written for her. Sounded grown up. So she figured she'd say it twice. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, the president. Oh, my God. The president doesn't address any of the issues. I heard somebody today, I think it was Laura Ingram, say, let's release the video, audio, whatever it is that exists from the interviews with Joe Biden and the special counsel. Let's release them. Let's hear them in action. What is it mean that he's being inaccurately described? But and 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 it's inaccurate because because he's led the free world in the post October seventh era, if you will. I, I, I what does it mean? What has he directed? What has he done? What has he done that that negates the description? Are they denying? Well, the president's denied he didn't know when his son died. I'd love to hear that, that, that audio or video. I would bet a lot of money that that's exactly what he said. I would also bet a lot of money that he didn't. He, he said everything, all the questions he asked about, was I still vice president? Was I vice president yet? When was I vice president? Whatever they said he said, I'll bet you he said it all. Because we've heard him say, like I said, he met with, Francois Mitterrand, the president of France, when he went to the G8 after he was elected president. Mitterrand's been dead uh, for years, for, de for, for decades. German chancellor, Helmut Schmidt. Of course, Schmidt wasn't the chancellor that, of Germany that, that Biden met with. 
and and right and and again Mexico and they didn't remember Hamas and well, right on down the line everything and this is just five days we've brought you th- over the year and a half that I've been here at TNT we constantly bring you these things so what it has to do that he's sitting there in meetings who cares who cares now um, let me um, let me go the view. The View, The View, The View. Alyssa Farrah Griffin, who worked for Trump, was weighing in on, hey, you know, maybe we got to get Democrats should get Biden the hell out of here. Because if they don't, and they will, because if they don't, Trump's going to win. And she doesn't want to see her old boss win. And then Sonny, my family was in the slave trade house, uh, Hostin. Yes, she revealed yesterday on The View her family was involved in the slave trade. Horror of horrors. Uh, she didn't like uh, what uh, Griffin was saying, kind of. So here is cut 122. We should reframe it in terms of not calling it age, but vitality, because people can live okay. much late, later and be perfectly sharp. But right. I'm going to be honest, I was okay. stunned by this press conference and I was stunned by this report. Yes, he was legally exonerated. And what Joe Biden was accused of is not comparable to how Donald Trump handled his documents case. But this was pretty damning. He had war plans related to Afghanistan sitting as in his garage. There were a number of things that were outright national security threats. And the the reason they're not charging him is essentially they think he forgot about it. So there wasn't this intent there. That's why they went into these details about his mental state. And I got to be honest, like this did not inspire confidence in me. If you're if you are worried about Donald Trump being president, this is not even the Joe Biden of four years ago. This is not Barack Obama. And I think Democrats have to wake up to the fact that especially young people are watching and they're seeing one of the weakest presidents in my lifetime. He's a good man. He's a decent man. He has had accomplished. One the of the weakest presidents better. in your lifetime, and you Be- work for Donald Trump? I said, well, I, I'm talking to you. In your lifetime. Good laugh line, but great laugh line. I don't want to be here on after election day, and Donald Trump won because you guys didn't wake up to the glaring size that but Trump. Trump- that- great laugh line, she called it. Great laugh line. All right, we, when we come back, we're going to bring you Corinne Jean-Pierre from today and then go to the Trump, uh, Trump, the Tucker Carlson, Vladimir Putin interview. But uh, let me let me remind you, uh, folks, in case you haven't heard, you know, last December, uh, uh, Julian Assange's two day public hearing was uh, announced and set for February 20th and 21st at the UK High Court to determine whether he'll have permission to appeal or be extradited to the United States. TNT. TNT uh, will be at the Royal Courts of Justice broadcasting and covering the entire two days if it if it takes two days. We'll be there the whole time. And uh, then TNT will broadcast from various locations around London. So make sure you keep it tuned right here. Um, TNT lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk TNT. I'm Steve Malzberg. We'll be back right here on TNT. TNT's Kate Shimarani. I'm of the, the belief that your body can totally, 100% heal itself. If you remove the offending things and you flood your body with what it needs. What do your dogs and your kids do when they get sick? They lie down and sleep, don't they? They don't want to eat. They get great big temperatures and they just want to rest. What, do you think you're a special, special snowflake? You're any different? No, that's you as well. But what do they want to do when you go to the hospital? I've seen it firsthand in the last couple of weeks. They're just going to serve you rubbish food, wheat, sugar, dairy, animal protein, 
tea and coffee, fluoridated, fluoridated, bromine, water, drugs, pharmaceutical petroleum-based drugs. Kate Shimarani on today's News Talk TNT. As a combat wounded veteran, I know how hard it is to come home and build a meaningful life. When I was in Iraq, our vehicle was hit. A rocket propelled grenade exploded right under my seat. Traumatic brain injury, a fractured pelvis, severe burns. They didn't think I was gonna make it. I had to learn to walk again and live with the scars, both visible and invisible. DAV helps veterans like LaToya get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. With DAV on my side, I was able to pursue my dreams. If my story can touch a heart, it can change a life. My victory is overcoming my wounds so I can help other veterans. LaToya Lucas, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Unbiased information. Honest and forthright. News without the misinformation. It doesn't matter what side you're from. What matters is what you say, the truthfulness behind it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, folks, welcome back. So let's get to Corinne Jean-Pierre from today reacting to what we heard from Biden from last night. And this is Peter Ducey again. Uh, I think it was the last question of the uh, of the presser. Uh, the press uh, session today. Here is cut 123. If the special counsel says President Biden has got significant limitations on his memory, then who is helping him run the country? The president of the United States runs the country. The commander in chief runs the country. How can he be trusted with the nuclear codes if, I, I get that you're saying that uh, nobody in the building would say that he's got an issue with his memory, but just a little part of what we get to see, he's made mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake on camera this week. So I want to be very clear here. Um, the reality is that report, that part of the report, does not live in reality. It just doesn't. So the special counsel it is, is it, lying it about is, the president's it is, memory. It is. It was gratuitous. You heard from my. You heard from <laughs> Ian Sam's, my colleague. Uh, it is unacceptable and it does not live in reality. That is just the facts. It is gratuitous. They came up with the, who's the genius overnight that said, we're all going to say gratuitous. <laughs> How do you trust them with the nuclear codes? Who the hell's running the country? We've seen them make mistake after mistake after mistake. Oh, the president runs the country. This is so crazy. Get them out. 25th Amendment, 25th Amendment, out. Let's get Kamala in that seat, baby. <laughs> She'll have school buses all around the White House and Venn diagrams all throughout the Oval Office. And she'll laugh. Um, here is uh, Karine Jean-Pierre going on, droning on and on and on about what a great, smart, accomplished president this man is. Here is cut 124. And, and, look, it is a close case. That is what the special counsel said. And what matters is here is that the president in the last three years has delivered on the economy, has delivered on health care, has turned this country around after the last president 
left us with an economy that was in a tailspin. That's what we were dealing with. That's what we were dealing with. If you think about the world leaders, world leaders and issues that have been going on in this country for the past two, three years, not in this country, in the world, right? When you think about Ukraine, the president was able to bring together NATO, NATO allies. Oh, God. Oh, and I love, don't you, the last president left us with an economy that was, he left in the middle, at the near the beginning, of a pandemic. That's why jobs were lost and companies shut down and businesses went bye-bye. There was a pandemic. Before the pandemic, the economy was booming and prices were much lower. I don't want to get into the economy now, but that's the story. Okay, so they're in fantasy world. They'll say anything just like they keep saying anything. Where is anybody calling for the 25th Amendment? This guy doesn't know where the hell he is. Okay, Tucker Carlson knows where he is or where he was. Uh, he released, as I told you last night, he released his interview with Vladimir Putin. And uh, before he showed us the sit down, he had this message for all of his viewers and uh, viewers who were going to watch the interview. Here's uh, P1. The following is an interview with the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin shot February 6, 2024, at about 7 p.m. in the building behind us, which is, of course, the Kremlin. The interview, as you will see if you watch it, is primarily about the war in progress, the war in Ukraine, how it started, what's happening, and most pressingly, how it might end. One note before you watch. At the beginning of the interview, we asked the most obvious question, which is, why did you do this? Did you feel a threat, an imminent physical threat? And that's your justification. And the answer we got shocked us. Putin went on for a very long time, probably half an hour, about the history of Russia going back to the 8th century. And honestly, we thought this was a filibustering technique and found it annoying and interrupted him several times. And he responded he was annoyed uh, by the interruption. But we concluded in the end, for what it's worth, that it was not a filibustering technique. There was no time limit on the interview. We ended it after more than two hours. Instead, what you're about to see seemed to us sincere, whether you agree with it or not. Vladimir Putin believes that Russia has a historic claim to parts of Western Ukraine. So our opinion would be to view it in that light as a sincere expression of what he thinks. Okay, so let's get to the interview. Um, this is the beginning of it, obviously. Uh, here's uh, P2. Mr. President, thank you. On February 22nd, 2022, you addressed your country in a nationwide address when the conflict in Ukraine started. And you said that you were acting because you had come to the conclusion that the United States through NATO might initiate a quote, surprise attack on our country. And to American ears, that sounds paranoid. Tell us why you believe the United States might strike Russia out of the blue. How did you conclude that? It's not that America, the United States, was going to launch a surprise strike on Russia. I didn't say that. Are we having a talk show or a serious conversation? <laughs> Here's the quote. <laughs> Thank you. It's a formidable serious conversation. Because your basic education is in history as far as I understand. Yes. 
So if you don't mind, I will take only 30 seconds or one minute to give you a short reference to history for giving you a little historical background. Please. Well, of course, that went on for about a half hour, but let's let's uh, um, I love that line. Are we doing an interview or a talk show or whatever? Uh, So here's uh, cut P3. So that you don't think that I'm inventing things. I'll give you these documents. Well, I, I, it doesn't sound like you're inventing it. I'm, I'm not sure why it's relevant to what happened two years ago. But still, these are documents from the archives, copies. Here are the letters from Bogdan Khmelnytsky, the man who then controlled the power in this part of the Russian lands that is now called Ukraine. He wrote to Warsaw demanding that their rights be upheld. And after being refused, he began to write letters to Moscow, asking to take them under the strong hand of the Moscow Tsar. There are copies of these documents. I will leave them for your good memory. I mean, you know, it was a good interview in so many respects, and I think Tucker did a really good job. Um, I think he did as best you could do under under the circumstances. I don't think he was that intimidated, and uh, he did let you know Vladimir Putin go on about the history of of the region and all according to Vladimir Putin. I'm not saying I agree with everything he said. I don't know if Tucker did, and Tucker kept interrupting as he mentioned because he thought you know we only have like a half hour and he this guy and he's talking for a half hour, but they had two hours and ten minutes, and Tucker ended it. So let but let's pick up on this next one. Here's P four. You're making the case that that Ukraine, certainly parts of Ukraine, Eastern Ukraine, is in, in effect Russia has been for hundreds of years. Why wouldn't you just take it when you became president 24 years ago? You have nuclear weapons. They don't. If it's actually your land, why did you wait so long? Sure. I'll tell you. I'm coming to that. This briefing is coming to an end. It might be boring, but it explains many things. I just don't know how it's relevant. Good. Good. I'm so gratified that you appreciate that. Thank you. Okay, I'm not sure about that last line, but see, Tucker, you know, it's not boring, but I don't see how it's relevant. And they went on and on about the history. I want to skip ahead because I don't think we're going to have time to get to every bite uh, that I put together uh, and that Ben uh, eventually put together for us uh, from the interview. So I want to skip ahead to um, the issue of, uh, of the Wall Street Journal uh, reporter who's being held in Russian prison, Evan uh, Gerskovich. And, and Tucker, you know, brought up the issue. And this was a very interesting uh, segment of the interview. And let's uh, go to P12. I appreciate all the time uh, you've given us. I just got to ask you one last question, and that's about someone who's very famous in the United States, probably not here, Evan Gershkovitz, who's the Wall Street Journal reporter. He's 32, um, and he's been in prison for almost a year. Uh, This is a huge story in the United States, and I just want to ask you directly, without getting into the details of it or your version of what happened, if as a sign of your decency, you would be willing to release him to us and we'll bring him back to the United States. We have done so many gestures of goodwill, 
out of decency that I think we have run out of them. We have never seen anyone reciprocate to us in a similar manner. However, in theory, we can say that we do not rule out that we can do that if our partners take reciprocal steps. Okay, so Tucker said, show your decency and would you release him to us, meaning him and his crew, and we'll bring him back to the United States. I mean, that was that was pretty, pretty gutsy. Um, and here's uh, here's more of, on this issue. Here's cut 13. I believe an agreement can be reached. So typically, I mean, this stuff has happened for obviously centuries. One country catches another spy within its borders. It trades it for a, one of its own intel guys in another country. I think what makes <coughs> it, and it's not my business, but what makes this difference is the guy's obviously not a spy. He's a kid. And maybe he was breaking your law in some way, but he's not a super spy. And everybody knows that. And he's being held hostage in exchange, which is true with respect. And maybe he was breaking your law in some way, but he's not a super spy. And everybody knows that. And he's being held hostage in exchange, which is true with respect. It's true. And everyone knows it's true. So maybe he's in a different category. Maybe it's not fair to ask for you know somebody else in exchange for letting him out. Maybe it degrades Russia to do that. Well, you know, you can give different interpretations to what constitutes a spy, but there are certain things provided by law. If person gets secret information and does that in a conspiratorial manner, then this is a qualified as espionage. And that is exactly what he was doing. Again, you know, Tucker, hey, come on, come on, Vladimir. This is a kid. He's not a spy. He might have broken a law of yours or whatever, but, you know, you're holding him hostage. I mean, I don't think I, I've, I've heard the reaction to Tucker's interview and all, all it is is criticism. He did a good job on this. I mean, on this issue, certainly he did a good job. He was he said what he was feeling and being very open and honest to, to Vladimir Putin about this. Here is a cut number 14. This is qualified as espionage. The fact has been proven as he was caught red-handed when he was receiving this information. If it had been some far-fetched excuse, some fabrication, something not proven, it would have been a different story then. But he was caught red-handed when he was secretly getting confidential information. What is it then? But are you suggesting that he was working for the US government or NATO, or he was just a reporter who was given material he wasn't supposed to have. Those seem like very different, very different things. I don't know who he was working for, but I would like to reiterate that getting classified information in secret is called espionage, and he was working for the US Special Services, some other agencies. All right, first he said he didn't know who he was working for, then he said he's working for U.S. Special Services, um, which is kind of interesting. But now you get to hear Putin say he would like to work out a deal and, and, and release uh, Evan. Here is uh, cut 15. By the end of the day, it does not make any sense to keep him in prison in Russia. We want the U.S. Special Services to think about how they can contribute to achieving the goals our Special Services are pursuing. 
We are ready to talk. Moreover, the talks are underway. And there have been many successful examples of these talks crowned with success. Probably this is going to be crowned with success as well. But we have to come to an agreement. I hope you let him out. Mr. President, thank you. I also want him to return to his homeland at last. I'm absolutely sincere. But let me say once again, the dialogue continues. The more public we render things of this nature, the more difficult it becomes to resolve them. Everything has to be done in calm manner. Interesting. Interesting. Threw in a little extra there after the uh, Tucker ended the interview. Okay, I played that. That was at the end of the interview. We have a few more when we come back from the break um, that obviously I'm playing them out of order, uh, but I wanted to make sure we got all of that in. We have one final segment left, not only in the show, but in the week. Uh, <laughs> so don't go anywhere. Steve Malsberg right here on TNT. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. So I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, because I'm doing a climate roundtable tomorrow. I'm assuming that the network that invited me on is probably the only network that's left around this part of the country that actually allows climate skeptics to be on. It'll be interesting because I'm sure there are going to be some people there to challenge me. In any case, when I walked into the hotel, the person at the front desk was from Adelaide, Australia, the city of churches. See, I learned something, right? And and I got to thinking that maybe tomorrow I will spring on the people that are there for almost unprecedented climate events that have occurred around Australia that are very, very important around the climate. Now, not directly with Australia, but north of Australia, the typhoon season, despite the fact that we supposedly had an El Nino going, was way, way below normal. Third lowest ever. That's very unusual. And that was the first hint that this El Nino wasn't what it was cracked up to be. As a matter of fact, the Southern Oscillation Index, which is the longest running metric of the El Nino, never got into El Nino category this year until now. But that was unprecedented when you had what we call the Oceanic Nino Index being so strong. That's two unprecedented things. Number three, the crash that is occurring in the Southern Oscillation Index is going to be the greatest on record from January to February. In fact, it may be the greatest on record from one month to another. It is unprecedented to see January with an above SOI and then February crashing the way this is. Now, in 1978, we had a weak El Nino going and then it crashed in February. By the way, they had all those floods in Los Angeles in 78. How about that? The fourth thing, the unprecedented warming of the ocean just to the east of Australia in a month or two. See that? Tonight's climate and weather watchdog was all about Australia. It's because I ran into someone from Adelaide. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. The impact of a meal goes well beyond feeding our bodies. Because when people are fed, futures are nourished. Everyone deserves to live a full life. And with your help, together we can end hunger. Join the movement at feedingamerica.org slash act now. Steve Malsberg on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. 
All right, folks, uh, welcome back. I want to pick up with um, uh, the, the, some of uh, more of the Tucker Putin interview. And uh, I was, uh, I don't want to reveal anything, but um, during the break, uh, just uh, notice the difference. Notice the difference between now there's an age difference, but we had heard that Putin was, you know, seriously ill that it might not even be him and the pictures we were seeing during the war. He couldn't walk. He, he was shaking. He was this, he was that, you know, he couldn't speak. Look at, look at, look at what we're seeing. And could you imagine does, doesn't America deserve a better representative, a better leader who would be more equipped to sit down and have a conversation with Vladimir Putin or anybody else? Scary stuff. Okay, so here Tucker Carlson um, asks uh, Putin about the uh, the war in Ukraine, I believe. Uh, yes. Uh, so let's hit cut number sixteen. I wonder if that's I wonder if that's, that's true with the, with the war though. Also, I mean, I just want to. I guess I want to ask one more question, which is, and maybe you don't want to say so for strategic reasons, but are you worried that what's happening in Ukraine could? lead to something much larger and much more horrible? And how motivated are you just to call the U.S. government and say, let's come to terms? I already said that we did not refuse to talk. We are willing to negotiate. It is the Western side, and Ukraine is obviously a satellite state of the U.S. It is evident. I do not want you to take it as if I'm looking for a strong word or an insult. But we both understand what is happening. Okay, so that was after, actually that was at the end. That was after the Wall Street Journal uh, issue. Um, look, I, I don't know how sincere he is or insincere he is or what he would demand at talks, but don't you see? Don't you see? Isn't it obvious to anybody who, who hears this? Okay, if I'm Biden, you want to get people's minds off all this? You know what you do? Instead of begging for another tens of millions of dollars to send to Ukraine, unaccounted for money to send to Ukraine, you say, Vladimir Putin just told Tucker Carlson he's willing to talk. So I put in a call to Vladimir Putin, me, Putin, Zelensky, we're going to meet wherever, whenever, blah, 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 blah. Don't you think that would go a long way in so many respects in boosting Joe Biden, in showing that he can accomplish something like this? Because Donald Trump on day one will make that call. Donald Trump on day one will set up a meeting. Donald Trump eventually will end this one way or another. Biden has to stop saying we're going to defeat Putin. Putin must go. That ain't happening. Wake up. So, I mean, I don't want to give the Democrats any tips, but my God, I mean, a, a light should go off. Wait a minute. We're sitting here rebutting this. Oh, I have a great memory. Look at all I accomplished. Why not really accomplish something? Why not real? Let's change the narrative here. Let's really accomplish. Let's end this war and stop the money and make Americans happy and show that I'm doing this. 
Putin wants to talk. He just said it, folks. I got on the phone with him. We're all going to talk, the three of us. How would that look? That would look pretty good for him, I'm sorry to say. Now, I don't know what would be accomplished. Again, if Biden and Zelensky go in there, or well, forget Zelensky, we know what he wants. If Biden went in there on Zelensky's side, of course, he's going to be on his side, but you know what I mean, that Russia has to get out of all the land that, you know, and Russia has to do this and Russia has to do that. And Russia has a, can't be one sided. And Trump will acknowledge this. And Trump will get it done. It'll end it. But, you know, it's the pettiness of it all. It's the politics of it all. Although I think it would be great politics. I think it would be great politics. You know, you just finished uh, yesterday. Shocking. I, again, what uh, who, was it written for? Almost everything Biden says now is written for him. It's either in the prompter, and when he doesn't have a prompter, or if it's beyond the prompter, beyond the speech, it's a press conference. He has stuff. You could see him. He's looking down when he's sitting in the Oval Office with a foreign leader. He's reading off cards. He can't think. It's, it's horrific. So yesterday he said that Israel's response to, 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 to the, the, the greatest killing of Jews since the Holocaust, which he didn't say, he said that Israel's response is over the top. <laughs> over the top. Was he told to say that? Was that written down for him? He said, as I've said before. Nobody's ever heard him say that before. It's not going to matter what he says because Israel's not going to stop Israel's going to continue into southern Gaza and do what they have to do. They're going to move the people out and do what they have to do to protect the, the inhabitants of Israel. They're not going to listen to the United States pressuring them and making no sense and telling them what to do militarily. That ain't going to happen, not with Netanyahu in there. And we know what Biden thinks of Netanyahu. Okay, just a thought. Good show, good, good, lots of good information, lots of good stuff to talk about, provided by Biden unintentionally and Tucker intentionally. Have a great weekend, everybody, wherever you are in your weekend. God willing, Monday we'll do it again, same time, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT.